Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today, and I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message, and God bless you. And our theme for the month of November will be learning a life of love. Learning a life of love. I'm not sure if I'm connected. Am I connected or no? So it's not connecting. Okay, cool. Um, and um, in my little, small, you know, little creative mind, I thought let's name it Lavember. Lavember. But learning a life of love. Learning a life of love. And I do, I do, I do believe that we are going to be blessed by this theme. Um, I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians if you do have your Bible, whether it's a paper Bible or on your phone, iPad. Um, did I greet people who are here for the first time? Oh, sorry. If you are here for the first time or if you are seeing me for the first time because I haven't been here in the past couple of weeks, welcome. Uh, this is me, Umfundiswala Kai. Um, just in case you were wondering, who's this dude? Um, what you see is what you get. There's nothing mysterious about me. This is just me. Amen. I just show up like this and, and I love being a pastor. Especially the way that I am a pastor. You know, it doesn't complicate my life. If you see me tomorrow at the, at the mall, I'll be looking exactly like this. So you are, not, you are not going to say, I wonder if it's him. It's just me. It's, it's not Cuesta, though. It's me. It's Jacob Msipa. Amen. Ephesians 5 from verse number 1. I'm going to read in the message translation. Beautiful scripture. In the message translation, it says, Watch what God does. And then you do it. Like little children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does. So in other words, this scripture shows us that it is not just a random thing that it is referring to. It's becoming specific. First, it's general. It says, watch what God does and then you do it. And of course, we know that there are so many things that God does. Then it zooms into one specific thing. It says, mostly what God does is love you. Okay, we did not get it. Probably we are still a bit sleeping. Mostly what God does is love you. Can you imagine? It simply means God in his busy schedule. How many of you know that God is the busiest Dude. Can you imagine all of our prayer items that he has to attend to? But on top of that, the Bible says mostly what he does. So every day he is preoccupied with loving you. It says mostly what God does is love you. Mostly, and it draws a picture that our God does not just want to remain an object of worship. That's why it's important for us to know we always emphasize Christianity is not a religion because God does not want us to relate to him as a God. 
just a God as an object of worship. But he wants us to relate with him as our father, relationship. And it says most of what he does is to love. So in other words, never miss an opportunity to be loved by God. In your walk with God, in your church life, as you decide to become a Christian and attend church services all the time, never miss an opportunity to experience the love of God. Because above every other thing that God is doing, he is preoccupied with loving us. And then it says, keep company with him. And then it says, and learn a life of love. Many of us are living different kinds of love. And yet we struggle in this area of a life of love. And then it says, observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. It was not cautious, but it was extravagant. He didn't love in, in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. And then it says, love like that. Oh my goodness. We are going to be learning about love. And many of us, we use that word loosely. I love you. That's a very big and deep word. This is the word that will cause a young man to change his life forever. Because he decided to say to somebody, I love you. This is a word that will change a young girl's life forever. Because somebody came to them and said, I love you. And we want to take time to understand when I'm going to say to you, I love you. And not just romantically. But when I say to you, I love you, what do I mean? What do I mean? Or even when you decide to receive or to adjust your life because somebody said they love you, what should be your expectation? Because many people were told they are loved, but they were mistreated. They were abused. And they accepted it as love. I want to start off by saying life thrives through good relationships. Life thrives. It thrives through good relationships. The life that we are living. Because good relationships are a currency in life. Good relationships are a currency in, in life. You cannot live a meaningful life without good relationships. You cannot live a meaningful life alone, in isolation. Sometimes as we grow up and we experience so many different things and we, we get jobs, we have money, we gather resources, sometimes there is something that tempts us to believe that I don't need anybody. But in this life, you need people. You need good and godly relationships around you. 
You cannot live this life alone in isolation with no help. With no one to support you. I believe that when God said to Adam, I'm sure we will remember this scripture in the book of Genesis. When God said to Adam, it is not good for a man to be alone. Not only is it applicable to us as men, in other words, males, but it is applicable to each and every person. That it is not good to live your life in isolation alone. To a point of telling yourself, I don't need anybody. I don't need friends. I don't need relatives. I don't need leaders. I don't need the church. I don't need other Christians. And you decide to isolate yourself because life was never meant to be lived like that. Each one of us, we need help. Because all of us, we are not self-sufficient. God did not create us to have everything that we need on the inside of us. There will come a moment where you will need something from somebody out there. We all need someone who is going to bring out the best out of you. Because sometimes God can deposit something on the inside of you and even you yourself, you are not going to recognize it until God brings somebody your way who is going to see that gift on the inside of you, tap into it, unleash it. The Bible puts it this way. It says, iron sharpens iron. So some of us, we need, not, not, not even some of us, but all of us, you need someone that God is going to send your way to identify something on the inside of you. The Passion Translation of Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 puts it this way. It says, and so one person sharpens the character of another. So there are some of the friends that God will bring your way just to help you to become a good person. In the same way that bad company corrupts good character. But if you surround yourself with people of good character, you find yourself becoming a better person. So when you live in isolation, you are robbing yourself of that privilege of benefiting from good, good emphasis, good relationships. It's not just any relationship, but it is good relationships. One of the gifts that God gives you in the process of blessing you is to bless you with good relationships. Hmm. And one of the things that Satan will do to attempt to bring destruction in your life is to tell you that you don't need anyone. Number one. Number two, he just gives you bad relationships. Connects you with the wrong people. He himself does not even have to do anything. He does not have to visit you at night to choke you. He just gives you a bad friend. He, he, yeah, he does. And, and be obsessed. Many of us, have you ever realized, have you ever met a person who is obsessed with a person who is just wrong? Like, like you look at this person, you, you, you can see how great they are. They've got potential. They are gifted. They are smart. And you look at, you're like asking yourself, why would you connect with such a person? It's like, I don't have a problem with you. 
I just have a problem with this person that you're connected to. This person is just bad for you. There are other There are other, even romantic relationships that you can, can be like, you know, you are better off singing. Like, there are people who will bring out the best in you, but there are people who will bring out the worst in you. For the first time in my life as a pastor, I've done this once in my life in, in the past 18 years where... I was helping a couple and <laughs> and I had to tell this guy and say, look, my man, just leave this woman alone. You don't, you don't, you don't love her. For the first time in my life, I had to say, you don't, you don't love her. You keep on saying you love her, but you don't. Just leave her alone. Because the, the level of abuse was just too much for me to process. I had to say, say to myself, how do I advise this woman to stay? I will be ungodly. I, I will be weak. I said, you know what? I had to beg him. I said, let her go. Just let her go. Let her be. Because you are not good for her. You are busy destroying and killing her. She's busy dying on the inside of her daily. I don't know why did I have to do that, but I did it anyway. And when, I, when I'm referring to relationships, I'm, I'm talking about family. It can be a family relationship. It can be a romantic relationship, of course. It can be a business relationship, a corporate relationship, a social relationship like friends. But there are relationships that when God wants to bless you, he will give you just that one colleague at work. That will keep you sane. That without them you will resign. God will just give you that one friend. That one friend. I've experienced that in my life. Those friends that I call them destiny connectors. That one friend that God will bring closer to you. And they are just going to help you transition in life. They are not there for any, they don't even want your attention. You don't have to call them every day, but they are just there. You, you, you just know that when I need help, this friend will always be there. there, are, there you, you see, if, if, if God can, can, if you can pray and ask God for anything, just, just ask God for good relationships. I've, I've seen what good relationships can do. In a person's life. And, and as you you see, especially when you grow, and, and you get married and you have children. One of the greatest things that you need to do for yourself, invest in good relationships. Leave your children a legacy of good relationships. You might not leave them a car, money, but leave them a legacy of good relationships. What does that mean? It simply means, should anything happen to me? In my life, I know there are two doors that my kids can go and knock on them. And they will receive what, whatever kind of help that they need. Relationships are costly. Therefore, choose wisely. Yeah. 
Relationships will cost you money. They will cost you time. They will cost you. Relationships are tiring. They are tiring. I mean, you, this friend will lose a mother. You have to go and be there for them. They are, going, they, are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are hosting this. You have to just show face because if you don't, then it's a problem. So as, as part of your prayer items, ask God, God, just give me good relationships and ask God to get rid of bad relationships. That's why my advice in the past couple of weeks was that if God will remove certain people in your life, don't try to resurrect those relationships. Because sometimes God will just simply remove people who are not good for you. Having said that, because I need to wrap up quickly. <laughs> Having said that, uh, let me also put it out there that you know what? A life without good relationships will soon become a helpless and a cold life. A person who can't relate with other people becomes cold. Not only that, they, they, no one will be interested in helping them with any. You can be so much in need. Your needs can be visible. But because you don't know how to keep or to honor relationships, you don't know how to cultivate them, you will remain helpless. Ecclesiastes attests to that. In chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. If you fall, your companion will lift you up. And then it says, but woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him. In this life, there will come a time where you are going to fall in certain areas of your life. No one is perfect. No one has, has it all together. So one day you will be in need of this, in need of that. And, and you better pray that there will be somebody to pick you up in that area. One day you will fall in the area of marriage. And when I say fall, I don't mean you, you went out and did crazy things. But I just simply mean that, you know, you're struggling in one area. You just, all, all that you need is just a good friend who's going to sit down with you and listen to you trying to convince them how your spouse is wrong and how your spouse is some way and how, and, and your good friend will look at you and say, you are the problem in this marriage. You need that good friend who is just going to go past the fact that sometimes you buy them lunch. Sometimes you, they borrow money from you or whatever. But they just sit down and say, you, my friend, are the problem. You need to change. And it says, again, if, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? If you live your life in isolation with no friends, with nobody, you grow cold. Your, your heart grows cold to a point that, you know, you know, when you, hey, let me give you premarital advice. If you are still single. <laughs> that before you decide to get married, try and find out from that person, who are your friends? How is your relationship with your mother? How is your relationship with your father? How is your relationship with your friends? How is your relationship? Just check how this, because 
if this person didn't learn how to build good relationships, they grow cold. And by the time they have to express their emotions to you, they're already cold. They don't know how to love. They will share a house with you. But you will never experience their love. They'll buy you a car. But you'll never experience their love. <laughs> they will force you to accept that they love you. They'll keep on telling you, you know I love you. But you're like, dude, if you do, I need to be feeling something over here. Were you ever convinced? I've been married for 18 years now. There were moments where my wife had to break it down to me to say, I know you say you love me. I, I know you, but I'm the recipient of this thing. I must confirm it this side. Because when you say you love, this love is not for you. So you can feel lovely. You can think you are so romantic. You can be convinced on the other side. But only to find that it does not register on the other side. And many of us, we've gone through so many, like you will see just before I close now. We've gone through so many things in life until we grew cold. Staying with the person, they're cold. When they are out there with friends, they can be laughing and whatever the case. As soon as they walk into the house, they grow cold. Because somewhere deep down in their hearts, they don't know how to express their love. So God advises us, he says, learn a life of love. Learn it. He says, learn it. Cultivate it. Make sure that you work on yourself until you know how to love. <laughs> you can be a good person, beautiful on the outside, and not know how to love. You can be a Christian praying in tongues and not know how to love. You can be a husband who does not cheat. You don't smoke, you don't drink, you are just one of those who sent down but not know how to love. Yeah. You, you, can, you can switch a church and be in the realm of the spirit and be the most anointed person in a church and not know how to love. And not know, when we come closer to you, we don't feel the love. When we come closer to you, we don't experience the love. And there's, there's a discord between that person when they are singing. That's why even a church, it's very dangerous to marry people because of their gift. You marry a person because of their gift. Listen, you, their singing ability is not going to love you. You, you can't get, you can't, you can't go home and, and, and then you're expecting and you're like, sing for me. No. At that point, you don't want the gift of singing. At that point, you don't want a sermon. You want love. You want to be embraced. You want to be comforted. You want to be hugged. You want to be kissed at that moment. So your ability to play a keyboard. It's like, oh, that brother plays so well. <laughs> Tati, I hope that was not something that attracted you. Like, oh, that brother sings so well. Let me tell you, a church, they will hit that note. 
You, you better make sure that by the time you make a decision, you make your research, show me your friends, you need to ask. Take me home and see this person, how they relate with their... I know not all family relationships are perfect. But at least you need to observe how do you function in a space where relationships are, are, are toxic and oh, I need to see you. How do you respond? Fine, you don't, you, you don't have a good relationship with your mom, and, but take me there. I want to see you. How do you operate in that space? Show me your colleagues. Let's have coffee with your colleagues. I want to see you in that space. Let's visit your friends. Let's visit your business associates because that's where you are going to have a picture. Ask them, for how long did you have this friend? Who is your best friend? Ask them, and why? <laughs> because that is going to give you an idea. Are you able to keep relationships? That is going to give you an idea. How long are you going to last in, in, that, in that relationship? Because if they couldn't keep relationships with other people. If they can't keep relationships with other people. At least, at least just show me. If you are 40 years old, show me a relationship that you have kept at least for 20 years. I, I told another friend of mine, I told another friend of mine, uh, um, he's a pastor as well, but, you know, we, because I have friends who are, who are ministry friends, you know, but I have friends, even though they are pastors, but they are personal friends. And I said to him, my friend, when we started our relationship and I saw that it became serious, I said to him, my friend, I love you. And I want to tell you this. I'm at a stage in my life. I'm 44 years old, I said to him. But, well, now I'm 44, but back then, I think I was, must have been 42 when we had that conversation. I said to him, and my kids are now old. They are aware. They are teenagers. They are aware. I just need to make you aware that I'm at a stage where I only invest in relationships where I know that you are in it for the long haul. Because I can't introduce you to my kids. And then three years later, I must explain what happened to Uncle So-and-So. It's embarrassing. Where you have to explain to your teen that you had a bad relationship that went sour. They need to learn from you that relationships are for keeps. Because I always have these conversations with them. I'll tell them, you see, Uncle So-and-So, I've been friends with them since primary school. Uncle so-and-so, I've been friends with them for so many years. And, and all of those uncles are, are the ones who come home to visit us. The, these are the uncles that I'm comfortable, even if I, 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 maybe I'm not home. I can say to that uncle, go and wait for me at home. And, and knowing that only my daughter and my son is at home. I'm, I'm so comfortable with that uncle, but I don't want to bring people in my space that I'm not sure if they are here to stay. There has to come a time in your life at a certain age where you are just going to be careful who do you bring closer to your life. I'm going to try and just squeeze everything and that, so that we can, we, can, we can finish quickly. Let me tell you this, Bazalan. 
On the other hand, I said life thrives through good relationships. But good relationships, on the other hand, thrive through love. All types of relationships are sustained by love. Because relationships that lack love will die. <laughs> Soon they will die. Or they will become a curse in your life if there's no love. You can, there's a scripture that says, Oh, no man, nothing but love. Jesus takes it to another extreme. He says, love your enemies. That scripture teaches me one thing. It says, you can love people without having a relationship with them, but you can't have a relationship with people without loving them. I'm going to say it one more time. You can love people without having, in other words, I owe you love, but I don't owe you a relationship. Many of us, we find ourselves forced to build a relationship that is going to be deadly. And I'm not saying when you break that relationship, you're going to hate the person. You can love them. It means the fact that I love you does not mean I must have coffee with you. So you, you, you can love a person without having a relationship with them. That's why Jesus says, love your enemies. You don't have a relationship with your enemy. You know that they are your enemy. But he says, love them. So in other words, your, your father can be bad to you. To a point that it is impossible to have a relationship with them, but you must still love them. <laughs> You can't say, I hate my father. No. You, you, you love them. You are not forced to have a relationship with them, but you love them. So in other, words, you, in other words, you keep that door open just in case something goes right with them. You are able to love them. Because when they now come for the relationship, the love must be there. But if you chose to close that door and begin, begin to hate them, what if they get saved? And God works a miracle in their lives. They change. And now you are, you, you are going to find yourself having a relationship with them, but unable to love them. So once you decide, I'm going to commit to this relationship, you better know that love is required to sustain that relationship. It's a requirement. You can't do any form of a relationship. When you have a family member that you are in a relationship with, you need to love them. Don't reduce a relationship to a level of an arrangement. That you tolerate this person. And you are giving them an impression that you are in a relationship with them only to find that they don't know that you are actually administrating your interactions with them. <laughs> and there's no love. This is what causes them. L listen, you can be a husband at home. You're buying groceries. You're paying for electricity. You're paying the school fees. You are buying clothes for the wife. <laughs> you are doing it, but that's not love. You are just administrating the affair. You're paying your dues. That's why many husbands will say, 
when the wife is looking for love, they will say, what more do you want me to do? I have bought you a car. I've bought you this beautiful house. I have done this. I've done that. What more? No, I'm looking for love. Thank God for the car. Thank God for the groceries. Thank God for the electricity. But now I want you. I need to feel that you are here. I need to know that you are on my side. I need to feel appreciated when I'm next to you. He. You know, if, if needs be, let's pause with the car and let's just work on this love thing. Let's work on this love thing because when love is in the right place, I'll show you in just a moment. When love is in the, there are many possibilities. So sometimes we run after things and that's why so many marriages are destroyed because they had a foundation of material things. And you interpreted the car, the, the weave, the, the outings, and you, you thought, you interpreted them as love. And when you got used to the weave and you got used to the, to the trips to Italy and you, and you, and you, and you realized that's why I always tell people, I take my, my, especially my daughter, to the best restaurants today so that she cannot be confused by any guy with a beggar. Yeah, yeah. Like, like she will just say, I'm used to that. My, my, my dad takes me out. He buys me clothes. He takes me to holidays. So, so by the time, especially that guy, I feel, I feel for him because he's already late. So if he says, I'll take you overseas. My, my daughter has been overseas already. So he will ask, so what more can you offer? Is that all? You're going to buy me nice food? My dad has taken me to the best restaurant. I've slept in a five-star hotel. Right now, my wife took her to a five-star hotel for a, for a birthday, just to, get, just to have that five-star experience. How does it feel to be in a five-star hotel? So that she does not get shocked if that man comes and says, I'll take you to the best. She'll be like, ah. Do you want me to tell you what happens there? Because in a relationship, love is a requirement. It's a requirement. You can't do a relationship without love. So that's why, therefore, it is important, the Bible says, to learn a life of love. Before you learn any other thing in this life, before you, you, you just become preoccupied with any, just learn a life of love. Can you, can you live your life without any other thing but love? <laughs> and the best person to learn from is God. The Bible says, for God is love. <laughs> 
first know God, know Him, and experience His love. Just, just taste how, how, how great it is to be loved by God. Because the Bible says then He will pour out His love in your heart by His Spirit. And once this, heart, this love fills your heart, it overflows and you are able to love your friends. You are able to love your neighbor. You are able to, you know, you know I, I, I remember just, just a couple of weeks ago sitting down with my friend. I said to him, I said, I said to him, I said, Pastor George, thank you. I said, you're a good friend, my, my friend. I said, you're a good friend. Thank you for how you love me. Thank you for how you just accept me for who I am. Because I've seen how he will, he, I, I, I don't have to second guess him. If, if I'm talking to, to Pastor Lungi over the phone, he, just before we hang up, we tell each other, he will say to me, I love you, bro. And I'll say, I love you too. Because, because many of us such I look about much too much. We, we, we came into a relationship as guys, but we don't express our love for one another. That's why when you tell another guy and you, and you say you love them, the only way they can interpret it, they limit it to a romantic relationship and it sounds funny. Now, now I need to let you know that I love you. So that you know that I'm in your corner. So that you know that I'm committed to this, to, to this relationship. I'm not just in your space for anything that I can gain from you. But I'm here for you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. It doesn't sound funny anymore at first because I had to learn the life of love. At first it sounded awkward when I, when I said to them, I, lo I love you. Huh? Hey. Are you sure? <laughs> Let me talk to the wife and check if everything is okay. True story, true story. The first time, the first time, Babushan, my mom, this was after I was born again. I'm now married. The first time, my mom said to me, I love you. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to respond because she had never said that to me in her whole life. She was there for me, the best mom ever. Everything I needed, but she had never said, I love you. It was only after she was saved and, and we began to have an, a different kind of a relationship. And one day I was talking to her over the phone and, she, and just before we hung up, she said, I love you. And I was like, I was like, hey, do I say thank you or same to you? Or <laughs> but, but let me tell you this. It felt so good. For once in my life, it felt so good. Thank God for the uniform she bought me. Thank God for the support that you put just to hear her express her heart and say to me, son, I love you. Ooh. It was healing like a flood in my heart. Our relationship took another turn. Some of us, that's why even in marriage we malfunction. Because we don't know how, how it feels like. It's like when somebody demands love, it's almost like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to do it because I've never experienced it in my life. So sometimes it's not because this person is bad. It's simply because 
they, they don't know how to do love. <laughs> they don't know how, it, because love is the most powerful force. Al, Albert Einstein says, love is the most powerful force in the universe. And the Bible attests to it when it says in the book of Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6, it says, set me as a seal upon your heart. As a seal upon your arm, he says, for love is as strong as death, it says. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. It says it's flames, the flames of love. It says as the flames of fire. It says the most vehement flames. And in verse number 7, it says many waters cannot quench love. So it does not matter what we go through together. As long as we have love, we can be in a, in a business relationship and we can be faced with storms and we can lose money and investments. But when there is love, many waters cannot quench love. In other words, in my marriage, we can lose our house. We can lose our car. We can lose our job. We can lose all friends. But when there is love in marriage, many waters cannot quench love. Many, many waters, many problems of this world cannot quench love. In other words, I will stay when, when I know that there is love because I know that once that job comes, it will be restored as long as, in other words, one of the things that will fuel your marriage whenever, or when all hell breaks loose, love is going to be that driving force. Because there are people that you will meet in love in life and you are going to fall in love with them. At their peak. And unless that love is tested. Unless that love goes through fire. What, I, what if I lose this car? Will you still be this committed? It is the most powerful. Can you imagine what will happen to the church, Pastor G, if we can just learn a life of love? Can you imagine what can, help, what, what, what can happen at Builders Church if we just learn a life of love? That I'm not going to deal with you out of the harshness of all of your shortcomings, but I will just express the love that I have. The love that Jesus has poured in my heart. And I'm just going to put it. Everything we go through filters through love. Because in church, listen, even, even here, these guys are working here. These guys are working here. Sometimes I get frustrated with them. But I don't treat them like corporate. And corporate, I'll fire you today. I don't care what you do. Whether you go and hang yours, I don't care. But sometimes even when I want to deal with you, the love. <laughs> the love says, hey, 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 hey. The love says, hey. That's why, that's why, and this is where I draw strength from. Many people will ask me, but how to, and they'll be frustrated with the staff, and they will be, hey, these people, and I'll be like, hey, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand, because this is not just an arrangement. It's a relationship. What touches them touches me. Many waters cannot quench love. It is the most potent force. That's why the Bible says, love never fails. There's a saying that goes around, it says, love conquers all. It does not matter what you can be met with. It does not matter 
what can happen in your life. But the greatest opponent of love, many people will think is, is hate. But the greatest opponent of love is fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm closing with this. The greatest opponent of love is fear. Many people fail to love out of fear. Not because they hate. They are afraid. And when you meet such a person, sometimes you get married to a person. It's not that they malfunction, not because they hate you. Not because they are bad people, they hate you. They are afraid. They are afraid. By some. Why? It is because First John 4, 4.18 says, puts it this way. There is no fear in love, it says. There is no fear in love. It says, but perfect love, perfect love casts out fear. And then it says, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So some of us are afraid to love anyone. Why? Because we had a bad experience. We had a bad love-related experience in our past. So the next person we meet, we are afraid to open our heart to. Because automatically your psyche says, I once did this and I got hurt. So now you are staying with this person, their heart is closed. Because they are afraid you might hurt them. So that's why if you want to get into a healthy relationship that is going to lead to marriage, make sure that you have dealt with your past hurts. Because this man right here wants to love you. He's not your ex. Who abandoned you. Yeah. If you, if you want to build a new friendship, make sure that you deal with the hats of other friends who disappointed you. Because this new friend that God is bringing before you, all that they want to do is to love you. And make sure, because by that time, sometimes God will bring a person right in front of you who is supposed to be your destiny helper. But because of torment, of past relationships. Now I am afraid. Just want to see if this is going to work. Before I can open my heart. And this man has been waiting for 10 years. And there are many people who are busy destroying their marriages. And other relationships for that matter. That are meant to be a blessing in their lives. Because they've had in their past a bad love related experience. Or for that matter. They were never loved before. May we please stand on our feet. May God grant us the grace because part of being saved 
is so that we can receive and experience the love of God. So that we can experience the love of God. And, and as, we, as we experience the love of God, the Bible says, He pours it into our hearts by His Spirit. And when we experience this love, that's why it's very dangerous to be religious instead of having a relationship with God. Because when you have a relationship with God, then you learn to receive love from God. And to acknowledge and to, and to experience that God loves you. I once said there are many people that John 3.16 will not work with them when you are evangelizing them. When you say to them, God loves you. God loves you. He wants to say, he loves you. It's like, it's like, so, in other words, there are many people who told me that, so, do I now have to start coming to church because God loves me? There are other people that that will not hit home. But there are others who know what love is. When you say God loves you, they will respond to that. Others, they are saved by being told they are sinners. They need a savior. Yeah. Yeah. But God has to work in our hearts so that we can experience the love of... There are Christians today, Pastor Tati. They are born again. They are spirit-filled. But they have never tasted the love of Jesus. They don't know. Even if after they are born again and you say to them, God loves you. It's like, it's a foreign concept because they are still afraid. I, I, I once opened up to that and I got hurt and I, I closed my heart. There are many people who got hurt in their past churches. And they left and they come to Builders Church and they are always suspecting. I wonder this pastor, is he... Uh, is, is it real? Is it, is, when, when is he going to manifest? When, 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 when? I'm, I'm, I know, I know pastors, I know church, I know I've been, I've been, I've been at church. There's no way. He, he's pretending. There's, uh, one of these days is going to, I, like, that's why I tell you what you see is what you get. This is me. I, like, uh-uh, I've been, mm-mm. He's probably one of those. Look at him. This one. I've seen them before. He's one of those. Uh, may we learn a life of love. May we cement our relationships with love. May we learn how to love our spouses, love our friends, love our brothers and sisters at church. It's almost like even when a church after service, when a person comes to you and they, they just want to greet you, and they just want to show you love. You're like, hey, hey, no, 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 hey, I don't want to get close. Hey, this thing, hey, no. One thing that I'm praying for is that here at Builders Church, we may be about love and nothing else. It's like, I love you. I love you. Because that's how we, are, we can relate better with God, out of love. Father, we open our hearts to you. If there's any one of us, oh God, in this room who has been tormented 
by bad love experiences in our past. And as a result, we, we are afraid. Today, heal us. Set us free. Help us not to be suspicious and just to let our God down and just allow you to, to love us and, and allow you to send us people who are going to love us and help us to build relationships that are based on love. Help us to just relate with our friends because we love them. Help us to be sincere and just love one another. Jesus, you said in your word, this is how the world will know that we are your disciples if we love one another. May your perfect love fill our hearts and cast out fear. May your perfect love fill our hearts and cast out fear. May we cease to be afraid because you have given us this gift called love. And may we learn by your grace, Lord, to learn a life of love. To learn a life of love. To learn a life of love. To love you. To love our friends. To love our brothers and sisters. To love those who are around us. To love even our enemies, oh God. Teach us. How did you do it, Jesus? We want to learn from you. How did you love those who, who are just throwing stones at you, cursing you, wanting to kill you, and yet you said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Help us to walk in that level of love. Help us, oh God, to be able, oh Master, to protect ourselves without being hateful. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Father. I pray that any relationship represented in this room today will experience an encounter with you. And may the flames of love be rekindled. May love dominate. May we be able to love our children. Tell them that we love them. May we be able to love our spouses and tell them that we love them. May we be able, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, to love our friends and to constantly remind them that we are committed to our relationship with them by expressing our love for them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.